And looking back, I was an emotional wreck back then. This was before I started therapy. So like, yeah, I made it happen. And it was because I realigned with what was important to me. And I'm telling you, if you're honest with yourself, this technique really works. How many times a day do you say the following phrase? I don't have time for that. Or have you ever thought, gosh, if I only had more hours in the day, I could get X, Y, and Z done. I would be so productive. Or maybe it's 2.30 in the afternoon at work and you're like, the clock is broken. My computer's broken. There is no way that I still have two plus hours here. I'm about to pull my hair out. And then you start texting your friends an SOS message. And of course, the flip side, when you're having such a blast and you feel like you've just started your day, but it's already time for bed. What is it about time that always seems to be beyond our grasp? How do some people manage to work, spend time with their families, exercise, read, meditate, work on their hobbies, and get a full eight hours of sleep? How do some people prioritize their time and balance their various obligations? What if you always had enough time for exactly what you needed to do? What if you were the example that your friends used as that person who always gets what they want done and they don't know how you do it? What if time was on your side rather than working against you? How would that transform your life? All this and more coming up on this episode of The Purpose Filter. You're listening to The Purpose Filter, the podcast that teaches you the wisdom of dying patients and of living guests so you can apply those lessons now to live your fullest and most authentic life. My name is Dr. Louis Kathy Zhang, and my mission is to help you, the working professional, regain perspective, manage your mindset, and discover your purpose so you can break free from limitations and step into the person you're most meant to be. Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode. This week, we are talking about time. Yes, so we're going to discuss some high-level concepts related to time and how we spend it, and then we're going to tackle some of the most common roadblocks and limiting beliefs related to time and give you some practical strategies that you can immediately apply to your own life. And this episode is a result of a listener request, actually. This listener had questions about balancing priorities, especially those that are in opposition to each other and how to manage their time. By the way, if you have an episode or a topic that you'd like to hear a podcast about, please DM me on Instagram at Purpose Filter and I will make an episode about it. So when it comes to time, I think it does make a lot of sense to talk about it from this standpoint, not just from productivity, but Just think about this. How you spend your time is how you live your life. You want a life that's meaningful, satisfying, authentic, exciting, fulfilling? Then you're going to have to spend your time in ways that are meaningful, satisfying, authentic, exciting, and fulfilling to you. And time is this very tricky thing. In a world where there's so much that sets us apart, 
we all have the same amount of time. Rich, poor, old, young, whether you live in the desert or the Arctic, it is 24 hours. That is it. And time seems to slow down or speed up or even stand still depending on what's happening. And nothing, I mean nothing, makes people more acutely aware of time than when their lives depend on it. How long it takes for the ambulance to arrive once you call 911 for an emergency. Waiting for the doctor to come out from surgery to update you on the operation. The time it takes for someone to come rescue you when you're drowning. And that one comes from personal experience. How many minutes without oxygen someone can go before irreversible brain and tissue damage occurs. How much longer someone with a terminal illness has left to live. And that last one is a question people in my field get asked all the time. Prognosis. I myself, actually, I think I answered that question twice this past Friday you know, we care for sick and terminally ill patients. It's part of the job. But that question is so difficult to answer. And obviously we in the medical field can't predict. We'd never know for sure. We like to give estimates as best we can with all the data and the experience that we have. And, you know, the way that we were taught in this field is to estimate in ranges minutes to hours, hours to days, days to weeks, weeks to months, months to years. And nine times out of 10, patients want to know. They want to know. They want to prepare. They want to mend broken relationships. They want to fly back to their birth country. They want to take that trip they've always dreamed of. And the same goes for you. I can't predict how long you or I have left. We are hopefully not as imminent as the patients I see on a daily basis. But what I do know is that our time is limited. The question is, once you know that information, once you've really internalized it and you've really allowed yourself to confront it, what do you do with said information? If life expectancy, if we're thinking late 70s, 80s, that's about roughly 4,000 weeks, give or take. And for some reason, 75, 80 years seems like a much longer time than 4,000 weeks. I don't know if it's just me. That's if we live that long, right? And if that scares you or makes you uncomfortable, that's okay. It can be scary. It is Definitely uncomfortable to think about or talk about, but it doesn't make it any less true. It's a question of how you want to live your life. Are you going to hide? Are you going to ignore reality? Or are you going to be aware of it and use it to your advantage? Tell me, what is it you plan to do with your one wild and precious life? That's from a poem by Mary Oliver. And you've probably seen that quote and heard that quote many times before. And here's the question. How are you going to spend your time? Well, question number one, how do you already spend it? And this is one of the common pitfalls in the first one we're going to talk about. I have no idea where the time goes. You can't fix something if you don't know what's actually happening. Information is power. 
If you don't have a really clear sense of what you actually spend your day doing, then track it. Do a time audit. Track everything that you do for one week, hour by hour, minute by minute. And I'll give you an example. You know, we have the screen time app on our phones. My phone was telling me that I was spending two, three, sometimes even four hours a day on social media. And I was like, nope, there's no way. I don't spend four hours a day on social media. That's ridiculous. If I sleep eight hours, four hours is 25% of my day, a quarter of my day scrolling on social media. So I tracked it. There's a lot of apps out there, but I just did a notepad app on my phone every 30 minutes. I was like, okay, what did I do for the past 30 minutes? And lo and behold, I really was spending up to a quarter of my day on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, whatever it is. And I really like this quote by Seneca, which is, it's not that we have little time, but more that we waste a good deal of it. And you know what? Maybe you're really good. Maybe you don't have social media on your phone. Maybe you're not wasting time. But maybe what you need to do is cut things out, outsource, delegate, trim the fat. And hopefully you'll realize, hey, maybe I do have more time than I think I do. And that's when we get to pitfall number two, which is, all right, well, how should I spend my time? This is when knowing yourself really comes into play. Knowing where you are, knowing who you are, and knowing where you want to go and who you want to become. What's important to you? What do you really want? What's going to uplift you, re-energize you, make you feel great versus worried or anxious or, you know, having things suck energy from you, what we call energy vampires? So here's an exercise. Just take 10, 15 minutes and make a list of things you'd like to spend more time on, things that would nurture your soul, things that would make you feel really great. And if you're not sure, just write down something that you're curious about, something that you feel like, you know what, I could learn more about. And I like to think about time and our lives as kind of seasons of life. Because clearly we won't be able to do everything on that list. We won't be able to accomplish everything that we want or we could imagine. And certainly not every day, right? The key is to be honest. The key is to be intentional about how you spend your time. Because if you don't have some plan or intention, then you just go with the flow. Everything is going to pop up and it's going to be more important than what you actually need or want to do. There's always another message or an email, a meeting, a phone call. There's going to be school fundraisers and happy hours and new restaurant openings or another show just dropped on Netflix. All these things are vying for your attention, not to mention people. These are just things. There's going to be people vying for your attention as well. And this is how most people live their lives, day in, day out. So this is what you can do. You've written that list. Pick three things from your list and give it a time-limited trial. That's a term we use in my field as well and in in healthcare in general, time-limited trial. You give it a try for a certain 
predetermined amount of time, whether that's a few weeks, a quarter, half a year, a year, however you choose, and then reevaluate. See what's working for you, what could be improved upon, and you adjust from there. And you're like, well, how do I choose these three things? Okay, one strategy is something called the Pareto Principle, which basically says that 20% of the input into something can produce 80% of the results. So think to yourself, what on this list is going to be the most efficient and highest yield of my time? What's going to give me the best bang for my buck, the highest return on investment? Do you remember when you were younger and we had no money, like absolutely no money? What did you have? You had time. Do you remember that? I would wait hours in a line somewhere just to save a few dollars like or get something for free, right? Now it's like, absolutely not. My time is way more valuable than that. I'll just pay the money. You know, it's fine. It's fine. It's just a really interesting way to look at where we are in relationship to things like time and money, right? Pitfall number three, and this is a biggie. Now, whenever the topic of time comes up, there is always the, but I don't have enough time. I don't have enough time. So let me break it down for you this way. We're we're friends, right? Or friendly enough. Do I have permission to be completely honest with you? Yeah? Okay. You ready? You have the same 24 hours as anyone else in this world. Time is the great equalizer. I already said this at the beginning. And you're like, yeah, 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 I know. Are you, do you really? Because are we going to sit here and pretend that we're the only people in the world that are busy? So what I want us to try to reframe is this limiting belief that I don't have enough time. I'm going to challenge myself. I'm going to challenge you to do away with the thought that I don't have enough time. If you tell yourself you don't have enough time, you certainly don't, right? You're just starting from below zero. There will always be people who are busier than you who are getting things done, Don't compare yourself to them and let it get you down. Let it be a model of what's possible. I'll give you an example. I was listening in on a group coaching call recently, and someone was asking about time management. They said they were feeling like they didn't have time for things. They were realizing that, you know, that was a limiting belief. Okay, that's good. And then they try to tell themselves, well, I do have time for everything, Mm, okay, well, let's let's break that down. Let's think about that, right? What is the first thought that comes to your mind when I say, don't worry, you have time for everything in your day? If you're like me, you're like, F you, that is a lie. Don't ever talk to me again because I'm not gonna believe anything that ever comes out of your mouth. You can't, we only have 24 hours. There's, It's no way that I can do everything, Right? So let's try this thought on instead. I have time for what I prioritize. I have time for what is important to me. And immediately that feels better. 
It feels less stressful. It feels less burdensome. It feels lighter, like there's room for possibilities. And, you know, I assume that you prioritize, let's say, brushing your teeth every morning, peeing, sleeping, eating. And these these sound like very basic things, but I'm sure you've had those days when you're so busy, you don't eat and you don't pee. And that basically was me my entire first year of residency because I let the urgency of everything around me take precedence over my own bodily functions. There are people out there who prioritize their sleep. They turn down late night invitations. They leave dinner early. They leave the party early. Maybe the Irish exit and they don't say bye to anyone. They just leave. They turn off their phone by a certain time because quality sleep is a must for them. It's the same with people who work out and exercise. It doesn't matter what the weather is. They're there at the gym. It doesn't matter how much they don't feel like going. They show up. It doesn't matter what the circumstances in their life are. They are there at the gym, working out, training, exercising. And it's the same for spending time on your hobbies or connecting with loved ones. And I wanted to share with you one of the tricks that I've started to do once I realized I haven't been spending enough time on something that I said I was going to do, let's say working out regularly. And I want you to try this with me with whatever it is you're having trouble allocating time towards. Instead of saying, I don't have time to work out, try saying working out is not a priority for me right now. Working out is not a priority for me right now. And sit with that sentence. Really sit with that sentence. Let it fill you up. Acknowledge it without judgment and see how you react to it. And this is usually what happens. It kind of will elicit two different reactions. Either you say, yeah, I mean, that sounds about right. I want to, and yet I have more important things to focus on right now. You know, if you say, I want to work out, but I recently just had a health scare, I had a health issue, I'm really weak, and I want to focus on my recovery rather than training. Okay, yeah, fine. It is what it is. That's reality. Cool. I accept it. The other reaction is, oh, hell no. It is definitely a priority for me. I'm just not spending the time on it because of whatever, excuses or mindset or yada, yada. And then it shifts your priorities for you. It gives you perspective that says, hey, wake up. There is a disconnect between what you say is important to you and what you're actually doing. And that hurts. It's like holding up a mirror to your values and asking you to look at the reflection. Are you living in alignment? Are you in integrity with yourself? Are you actually committing to what you said you would do? Are you committing to your own word? I I really like um, Kobe Bryant. I watch a lot of his motivational videos and things like that. But there was one time he said, I signed a contract with myself and I refuse. I do not intend to ever break that contract. And if you're like me, 
that kind of thought, like, oh, hell no, it is really a priority for me. That might even piss you off enough to take action. I'll tell you a quick story. When I bought my first investment property, I was so scared. I never purchased a house before, not even a primary home. I had no idea what to do. I decided on a market and I was going to visit March 2020. And we all know what happened then. I was like, damn, I keep hitting these obstacles. Like I'm not, I feel like this is never going to happen. I did this exercise and I was like, okay, well, buying an investment property isn't a priority for me right now. And I was like, no, I said this was important and it is. I refuse to not do this. And so I made it happen. It was like, I don't know, it was like a fire lit within me or something clicked in my brain. And I did. I purchased a property, sight unseen, long distance in the middle of a pandemic, September 2020. And I did this while I was studying for my board exam for hospice and palliative care. And looking back, I was an emotional wreck back then. This was before I started therapy. So like, yeah, I made it happen. And it was because I realigned with what was important to me. And I'm telling you, if you're honest with yourself, this technique really works. Give it a try. All right. Pitfall number four. You have all the best intentions of getting things done. You start your day and you're like, I'm ready. It's going to be amazing. And then for some reason, the day just gets away from you and you haven't done what you really need to do. So I would like to introduce you to the concept of eating the frog. And you're like, what the hell is that? Mark Twain once said, if it's your job to eat a frog, it's best to do it first thing in the morning. And if it's your job to eat two frogs, it's best to eat the biggest one first. Meaning, choose your most important task or tasks of the day. One is really great. Three is probably the max, I would say. Plan ahead the night before if you can and get that thing done first thing in the morning. We all know that our willpower drops throughout the day. There are fewer distractions in the morning. And this is also why so many people work out in the mornings too. You get what you need to do done. You ride that high of accomplishing your most important task. And that energy just spills over into the rest of your day. So what if there's traffic on your commute home or your last meeting ran a little late? You've already done what you needed to do. You're good. You're set. You have accomplished what you said you were going to do when you said you were going to do it. Choose your frogs. Eat them first thing in the morning. And I promise you, if you do this even a few days out of the week, even one day out of the week to start, you will immediately notice how productive and good and settled you feel. It, it kind of is like, oh, there's, there's nothing wrong with me. I can get things done. I can be productive. I can make all these things happen. I just needed to shift my strategy a wee bit, you know? All right, and pitfall number five. The other issue that pops up is when you've tracked your time, you've narrowed down some things that are important to you, what happens when you want to do all the things? You know that Queen song, I want it all and I want it now. 
What happens when you feel pulled between two opposing interests, like going out and socializing versus resting and relaxing? It's the great debate in my house on a Friday night, to be honest. It's like, oh, we're home. Let's just chill. Or, oh, our friends are out. Let's go hang out. Let's go say hi. Well, part of being an adult is making tough decisions. And this is actually from a um, a reality show called Snowflake Mountain on Netflix that I was binging while I was quarantining with COVID. And they invite eight or maybe 10, you know, quote unquote, snowflakes, these people who are considered overly sensitive, they're entitled, these kids are living with their parents, partying, no job, no responsibilities, kind of very spoiled brats. And they, they tell them that they're going on a reality show um, and lure them in by saying, like, you're going to go in this five-star luxury resort with a villa. And then they drop them in the mountains in camp and have them kind of do survival tasks. It's actually a really nice camp. It, it's kind of glamping tents. They've got a wood-burning stove in there and a whole kitchen. But they also have outhouses. There's one contestant who has a very sensitive gag reflex and would just retch everywhere, kind of just like, and it's actually a really fun and kind of heartwarming show because you get to see a lot of transformation at the end. But they had elimination rounds where the group had to vote which contestants would stay or go. And the two hosts were wilderness experts, survivalists, and they were former military members. And they would say part of being an adult is making tough decisions. And it's so simple and it's so honest and true. And J.R. Tolkien once said, all we have to decide is what to do with the time that is given to us. Like I said earlier, what is the most important thing to you during this season of your life? Maybe it's saving money or traveling, or diving into your career, healing past traumas, connecting with new people, forming a new romantic relationship, learning a new skill, whatever it is, remember, how you spend your time is how you live your life. How you spend your time is how you live your life. So spend it wisely. And as we wrap up this week, I wanted to leave you with this. People ask me a lot, don't you feel awful having to tell patients that they're dying and they only have a limited amount of time left? Yeah, of course. Of course I do. I'm human. I'm a real person. There are times when I sit in dread thinking about how heartbroken people are going to be when they receive the news. And I'll be honest, some cases are a lot harder than others. I cry too in front of them. You know, you can't really just hold it back. I used to. That's not the case anymore. I, I don't want to share it with anyone any more than they want to hear it. But if they're asking and they want to know, there's a responsibility there to share it in a way that's compassionate and informative rather than traumatic and rude. And in a way, I feel that responsibility here with you too, because life isn't always easy. It's not always good news. There's going to be awful moments and 
awe-inspiring ones and everything in between. Those moments added up are what make a life. The time you spend with people who you care about and who care about you, the time you spend doing things that bring you joy and heal and enrich and uplift you, the time you spend in pursuit of the things that actually matter to you rather than the time wasted on seemingly urgent tasks that aren't really important in the long run. The time spent creating a version of you that is healthier, calmer, more grounded, more fulfilled, centered, joyful, passionate, impactful, and just the highest expression of who you truly are as a person. Remember, spend your time wisely. We all only have a limited amount of time on this earth. Whether you like to hear it or not, it's the truth. And so how you spend your time is how you live your life. I hope this was helpful and I will see you next week. Take care. All right, there you have it. Time management tips from someone who spends her working days with people who are acutely aware of how much or how little time they have left. We talked about the common limiting beliefs and pitfalls related to time and how we spend it. Time audits, the Pareto principle of 80-20, eating the frog, as Mark Twain would say, delegating, outsourcing, using our time intentionally, balancing your priorities, making difficult decisions as part of being a human being and an adult. And look, if you enjoyed this episode, please... Go on to Apple, Spotify, if you can, leave a rating, leave a review, tell your friends to do the same. It helps to grow the show and spread the awareness and give these lessons to more and more people. Until then, take care of yourselves and take care of each other, and I will see you on the next episode. Bye.